Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by the War for the Tower podcast. The War for the Tower is an actual play podcast set in the world of Stephen King's Dark Tower. As the Dark Tower includes elements of every possible universe, including those from literature and pop culture, the characters are all over the map. There's a drow elf psychic, Magnus Bane, high warlock of Brooklyn, Hezekiah Staunton, gunslinger of Midworld, and many more. The settings include New York circa 2020, a world in which JFK lived and served a second term, and the Vietnam War ended in 65, and a blown-to-crap version of Midworld. Our heroes are given an important mission to save all universes, and we have a fun, sexy time along the way. Jeff wants to thank Natasha and Miles for inspiring this project and hopes you will all check out the first episode at warforthetower.com. This is an Unspoiled Network podcast. This is Unspoiled, covering It's My Birthday 2 from Side Jobs. In this episode, chapter, story, uh, there is a LARPing group that goes awry because somebody was shunned or just not treated awesome, and it's a whole thing. I I don't know how I feel about this. (laughs) Welcome to Unspoiled. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am Natasha. I'm Rashawn. So how uh, how did you feel about this? This was um, <clears throat> excuse me. This was she's, she's choking up. She got really emotional over it, guys. It really <laughs> affected her. She wasn't expecting it. <laughs> really hit me right in the feels. Um, this was interesting. I really loved. The stuff with Harry and Thomas, obviously, yeah, definitely. especially especially at the end, um, it was very very sweet. Um, the action is always good in these books, so this was no different than that. 
Mm-hmm. This um, this setup was a little weak. Yeah, you know, um, with this this uh, uh, social outcast, mm-hmm. Drew Drew Linda, who shows up to this LARPing group for vengeance because they, from what I can tell, just she wasn't very popular. Yeah, you know. And uh, she shows up and turns, like, the the security guards. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess I was a little shaky on how the black court vampires work. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been a little while since we've seen any of them. Yeah. Um, I have forgotten how unpleasant they are to even <laughs> be around yeah they are um, i forgot that they don't and it's weird you know what i was thinking too and this is going to sound so ridiculous guys but we're deep into these books and this is how my head works now if i am a vampire larper reenactor groupie or whatever the situation is going on with this birthday party mm-hmm and I get an opportunity to become an actual vampire. Mm-hmm. Remember that episode of Buffy when this happens? Oh, I sure do. Right? Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like, even though I understand that they were, it's more of a game for the party that Thomas is at. But it still made me think of that. Right. If I am that type of person and I get an opportunity to become a vampire, okay, I'm probably going to take it. Mm-hmm. But... If the opportunity presents itself and it's a black court vampire, I'm going to kind of be like, nah, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like this is not living the dream that someone would be fantasizing about. You know, Mm -hmm. they're not beautiful. They're not alluring or sexy. You know, they're they're just gross. They're rotted and gross and they stink and no one likes them. I can't imagine fantasizing about being a vampire and then becoming a black court vampire mm-hmm. and being happy. Does she <laughs> actually tell Harry how it was that she became one? Did she go for it or is she trying to make the most of a thing that happened to her? Um, there, there is no discussion about what exactly happened. She just frames it as like Finally uh, I've got what I've been searching for. Yeah. 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 I got the real thing and you guys are all still just pretenders. Right, right. But, um, you know, it's funny that we read this story now because I had been wondering after the end of the last book, uh, White Knight, I was thinking to myself, trying to remember all the ins and outs of how one even becomes a vampire. Mm -hmm. And if I remember correctly... It varies depending on what type of vampire. Like, like what, like what kind of like white court or red court or black court? Yeah, white court. I don't think you can become one. I think that so, you're a born one. So the, the first thing I was thinking is I was thinking about Thomas and how Thomas is a vampire mm-hmm. and Harry is not a vampire, and I couldn't right. remember. Is it because it's maybe on the father side basically is what we're saying i don't know if it's specifically the father i think just one of the parents at least has to be so how come i guess this is a dumb question but 
So why isn't Harry a vampire? Because oh, both wait, his parents because are human. Both, both, both his parents are human. That's right. I'm sorry. I got yeah. confused. So Thomas is a vampire because we know for a fact that his father was. And right. we're not sure about his mother. His mother's Harry's mother who's human. God damn it. Do you hear me? Yeah, you're you're getting mixed up All over, over the place. I'm getting very confused. So Thomas... Thomas's dad is currently alive and is the one that Lara has right. subjugated. That's, that's Wraith. Right. And... So Thomas is a vampire and his father's a vampire. And so they are born. They're not made. We don't think for white court vampires. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then red court vampires. We saw. So I'm going to look this up. They're the Um, ones that bit Susan. Yeah. And vampire, the red court, Susan got bitten. And so she has like a craving for blood, but she's still technically human until she actually kills somebody right right and so then for tonight for the black court vampires they just seem to have turned the way we traditionally believe it works for vampires because harry tells us the black court is who like our dracula myths are based on how now i'm looking this up but i i i always thought that it took like overnight well, and see, apparently and I, not. See, so that 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 becomes the next thing because I I confuse my vampire lore because it, it you know across the different stories that we read. Mm-hmm. So I know, and like we were just talking about True Blood before we started recording. I know in that world it is you turn someone, they have to feed on you, and then it's like overnight, and then like they bury them, and then you get up the next day, and then they're right. a vampire. Um, and then you take something like the world of Buffy, where I don't recall, I don't think there's an overnight situation with them. I, oh, wait, no, no, that's not true. There is. Yeah, I was there is, say, there, I thought there, there is. was. Okay. There is. But then with this story, she just fucking turns the security guards like right then and there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm kind of confused by. And I'm looking at... What was that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was blowing the ash off something. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm looking at the Dresden Files, like, wiki. And it says nicknames Blampires. Uh, I never... I do not remember him saying that. But okay, sure. Um, <laughs> That's the blunt black and bloated brain. <laughs> but, like, I'm just trying to see... Resulted in most members being killed. Blah, 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 blah. There's nothing about how they are transformed. So I guess it's like supposed to be just the biting, like a werewolf or something. Mm. I'm looking. Well, I'm trying to look for more information here. So, all right. So the start of this is. Harry and Molly are back at Harry's apartment after having dealt with something called a a slime golem. Is that the word? I think, yeah. And (laughs) it's pretty terrible. We don't know exactly what happened with it, but dispatching it was super gross and it ruined Molly's clothes. Mm -hmm. It almost ruined Harry's duster, except that he's got like so many spells working on it but he does have to throw it in the fire (laughs) 
Yeah, to bake it so that he can mm-hmm. like, chip it off later. Yeah, like it's it's pretty ugh. bad. It's Nasty. all over his uh, his staff and his rod and oh, oh. I hate it so anything. much. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So and then he is going to take a birthday present to Thomas, and we find out that Molly knows that Thomas is Harry's brother at this point. Mm-hmm. She has worked it out. Yeah. And uh, he is simultaneously impressed and also concerned because that's very serious information that she now has. Mm-hmm. And he has to make sure she understands that it's a super duper secret. Yeah, this is uh, something that could potentially get her killed for knowing. Right. And it is uh, Valentine's Day. And we find out, uh, I didn't want to know, but okay. Uh God, in the about this. right in the carpenter home, Valentine's Day is serious business. Michael and Charity get it in. Oh my God! And I it's think loud. You said it that way. Why did it's, you have to even phrase it like that? It is loud, and the older kids are responsible for keeping the younger children occupied so that they don't hear the noise. And all this is what we hear as an explanation for why Molly can't get a ride home. <laughs> I just hate, like, you know what? Good on Michael. Good on Charity. But also, like, they're Catholic. Don't they have enough kids? Y'all need to just be careful. Charity has got a lot going on already. She doesn't need to be dealing with another pregnancy at this point. I feel like that is probably low on her list of concerns. Uh, you know. And you know what? For Michael, I might risk it too. Honestly, does Michael not sound hot as fuck? He sounds... Seriously. <laughs> I'd be willing to throw those dice. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, <laughs> So, he's going to have to give Molly a ride home, and he is going to go drop the present off to Thomas for his birthday, and it should be a quiet, uneventful night. This is not like, you know, a mission. This is an errand. (laughs) And I do want to address, too, that Harry's birthday is on Halloween, and Thomas's birthday is on Valentine's Day. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is, I know it's super easy and cliche and kind of like, oh, Jim Butcher, okay, we get it. But I love it. I really do. I really love it. I mean, because Thomas is like a love vampire. Exactly. You know? Like, it's just him. The fact that the guy that we, the first time we ever see Thomas, he's dressed as a pixie and covered in rose petals. Oh, my God. And then it turns out that his birthday is on Valentine's Day. (laughs) Fucking course it is, you know? I like that Jim Butcher leans into stuff like that, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Some writers would be like, no, that's too much. That's so (laughs) on the nose. I'm not going to do it. Butcher's like, I'm doing that shit. I don't care. (laughs) It's too good not to do it. Yep. Yeah, there Um, comes a point where restraining yourself is like... You know, or what? Why? Why? Bother? <laughs> Just go ahead. 
it's We're like all the, here for it. I was gonna say at this point, he understands that his readers they know what the deal is. Mm-hmm. They know what this is all about. So there's no need, like you know, tiptoeing around it. Just fucking go, go in, go all in. So um, they have a moment. Him and Molly talking about the reveal about Thomas being his brother. And he is saying about what his feelings about family, you know, yeah. and not having any, and then um, how important it is to him to have someone that's family. And um, I don't know, he's not really asking for understanding or trying to explain anything. He's just telling her um why it's important to him mm-hmm. and I like that she gets it and I like also that she says the reason she's figured it out is because she has like 47 brothers and sisters and she knows what that shit looks like Yeah, um, and I, I appreciate that because it's just a reminder that she is smart she's observant you know mm-hmm. she sees what's going on around her she's not an idiot and she's capable of putting 2 plus 2 together um, so that's just like it wasn't necessary to add that, but right. I like because it, it just it helps to continue to like flesh her out and let us know like how she's growing and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Just like remind us that she is there and that she sees what's going on. So, so they go to Thomas's and he's I, not home. Wait, I want to ask you something real quick because like I don't have siblings. But you have siblings, but you also have like a weird relationship. Do I you do. think that you could notice that somebody was acting like brothers? Like what she says, like I see, I've seen you fight. I know what sibling arguments look like. Do you think you could spot that? Is that anything? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't. I have, you know, no frame of reference. I like to think that I'd be able to figure <laughs> it out just because I'm pretty good at like reading people. Yeah. But I really it's- don't know. It's and it's it's interesting to me doubly so because part of my sibling deal is Thomas and Harry finding out you know right like very late in life or later than most people do that that someone is your sibling like I've had that happen to me three times now where I'll just be like da 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 da. <laughs> someone is like oh hey this person here that's your sister or that person over there hey that's your brother you know it's so um, crazy it's really bonkers guys I don't know if how many of you have that similar experience but it's a weird thing and my relationships with my brothers and sisters are all very different um, but even the ones that I didn't meet until later there is there's there's something that is uh i think very specific to a sibling relationship even for the ones that i didn't grow up with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i'll tell you something else that's really weird and i feel like this has been mentioned in the dresden books a little bit when they talk about harry and thomas i have brothers and sisters that i did not grow up with but we share mannerisms that's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, ah! Yeah. Like me and my sister and my brother, we all have 
do things that my father did, especially when it comes to the way we talk and how we hold our hands when we speak, mm. that we all get from my father, even though none of us were actually raised with him full time. Mm-hmm. It's just like a weird, like just like a weird thing that we all have. Um, so that you can see it when we're all together. Somebody will be like, Jesus Christ, look at the three of you. <laughs> Good yeah, it's, God. It's weird. How bizarre. Like, it makes me really uncomfortable to think that there's so much about our personalities that's kind of like predetermined. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's just like, well, you know, you're related to this person. And so you act like that yeah. person. Like, that fucks me up a little bit. I'll tell you the weird thing that I do. I do it and my brother and my sister do it. When we're when we stand, we all stand with like our knees back. You know what I mean? With your knees back, like if you if you stand if you're standing up straight, right? Flamingo? Not quite (laughs) as extreme as that. But like if you're standing, you can like you pop your knee backwards. That's seems really bad for you. If I don't know if it makes a difference or not. But it's just a way of resting. So, like, the weight, you know, on your legs, like, you pop your knees back. And all three of us do that. And my dad did that. How weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep an eye out for that when you visit. <laughs> You're like, oh, there you are. I see that flamingo. I don't think I'm describing it right. <laughs> the, both both feet are are firmly planted on the on the ground. I don't think that you ha- stand on one foot. <laughs> That's not what I'm picturing. <laughs> That's um, all we, I can. We all have this really weird mannerism where we stand on one leg and hold the other in front of us. That's, That's not a mannerism. It's insanity. Oh my god! Maybe I will start standing like that though. <laughs> oh god. Um, so, but anyway, yeah. So, um, they go to, they go to Thomas's fancy high rise apartment mm-hmm. and Molly is like, well, we should totally do a tracking spell. And Harry is like, or we could just call him on his <laughs> cell phone that he has. Cause he's not a wizard and he can just have a cell phone. Unlike oh us. Oh my God. He's I so love fucking that. smug about it too. <laughs> <laughs> it holds up a couple quarters and I have oh to just God. be like, listen, Harry, nobody who's about to try and use like a payphone gets to be smug about anything. I no mean, offense, I know you can't help it that you have I to know, use right? but like it's a it's a it's a little bit of arrogance for a guy who can't also carry a cell phone. <laughs> but um <laughs> and Thomas is not home. Oh, wait, no, he calls his cell phone, and he answers. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what I said. I know. I'm sorry. Where are you? Are you all right? Uh, all over the place. <laughs> um, hey. So. Hey. Where'd you go? This is- <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even, like, keep myself from laughing at me. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, sorry. <laughs> So he calls him, he answers in his... I keep forgetting about the French accent, too, guys. Oh, my God. Like, it's this so has awful. Been, it's been set up. Like, we know this is a thing. And I'm still completely unprepared for it. <laughs> Alors, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Harry says, hello, France. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
I laugh so hard. He says, he says, and I'm American and I refuse to stand for that kind of thing from you people. You people. Yep. This all feels right. It was pretty good. Um, so it turns out he's at a party and, um, he's at the mall. He's at a, at the mall, right? And he won't and, like, tell Harry what he's doing there, even though it's definitely going to be closed at this hour. He can hear like, you know, stuff in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't make sense. Thomas doesn't tell him anything. And he's just like, you know, I'll, I'll get the present later. And Harry's like, no, it's your fucking birthday. Mm-hmm. I'll bring you the fucking present. Yeah. And Thomas is kind of just like, I, I, I guess that's okay. Mm-hmm. And then like pops right off the phone. So we don't know what he's doing there or who he's really with. Mm-hmm. He says he's doing a favor for a coworker or something. Yeah. But like not a lot of detail. Um. And so then Harry just goes. And I just kind of wanted him to not. <laughs> what? You wanted him to stay home and be like, I, I'll just give you a present tomorrow. It's fine. You know, I, because, and I didn't know where it was going to go, obviously. But I felt like, I felt like. Are you about to victim blame Harry? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> But you know what, though, even though, but as much as I want to say if Harry had just gone home, but it's still, this would have still jumped off regardless if Harry Completely. was there or not. Yeah. So it's obviously it's for the best that he was there because he's able to like help save lives, mm-hmm. help save Thomas, but also, <laughs> <laughs> did you really need to get involved, buddy? No, in everything. So he goes and he finds his brother. And it is a kind of fancy, like, I'm assuming underground cool thing that's happening here. Do you? Well, because they're in a fucking mall after hours. And someone, maybe, all right, I use the word cool loosely. (laughs) I mean cool in the sense that it's it's a chance to go somewhere and do a thing that lots of people don't get an opportunity not that they're necessarily air quotes cool kids you know okay but like in a sense that because it's i think it's the girl sarah whose dad owns the place or whatever mm-hmm. so they have access to have like this party like after hours and a closed mall and ooh, you know right that's kind of cool this is the thing we're all into um and they are playing like a live action I don't know they're LARPing but I think like there's more to it than that yeah I mean live action role playing so I would imagine it's sort of like D&D where you're given like a storyline and you are put in situations and you have to decide how to uh, proceed in each situation it's clear that they have characters right I don't yeah, know a definitely. lot about, I don't know much about this world. I don't mm-hmm. know anything about D&D, except for what I've seen, like, on television. Um, so I'm not 100% sure I understand how this works in real life. Yeah, like, I've played D&D a, a few times, but I don't know if this is really like it or not. I'm not you know, familiar enough with LARPing. 
Do you know what I, what I see in my head? Mm. I see dinner theater. Oh, okay. I could see that. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Or, or even better, like those mystery games, like when yeah. you go to an apartment and they give you like a, something on a scrap of paper and tells you what your character is or whatever. Yeah, that's that, fun. Yeah, I've never actually had a chance to do that. I've I did that at only, a friend's and it was pretty fun. Was it really? I've yeah. only ever seen it on TV. Um, that looks like something that might be fun to do once. I'm pretty sure I was the murderer too. So it was that checks fun. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and. They're all, like, having a good time. Everybody's dressed up and, you know, this is clearly, like, a fun big deal. hmm And, um, it all should be fine. They're excited <laughs> to meet Harry, who they also think is Thomas's boyfriend. Yep. And, um... There's still, there's one guy who gives him grief, the security guard, who just is like, Raymond. what are you doing here, man? <laughs> and... Obviously, the fact that Harry, like, puts up a fight with him and isn't immediately like, chill, dude, it's fine. This man does not like Harry. Harry is like, he's got a walkie-talkie where his gun should be, so I'm not worried. And Mace. (laughs) I had an Uncle Raymond who was a security guard. Hey, maybe this is him. (laughs) Well, this guy comes to a pretty unfortunate end. Yeah. Um... So there's Yeah, like, I wonder if Jim Butcher made him like sort of unlikable so that we wouldn't really care that he You know what? I don't know because there's two other guys that also come to bad ends. That's true. Um I think this having this moment with the security guard is just kind of a chance for us to get some sort of like peak Harry because of the way he responds to him. Harry. You know, like at one point, <laughs> he says something like, "Oh, I'm so scared." At one point, you know, uh, which is, yes. yeah, you know, because um, he could have just been like, "Oh, I'm here to see whoever, or my friends are here, or or anything like that." Mm-hmm. And Harry doesn't do any of that. It this this sort of standoff goes until the girl comes out. With Thomas, mm-hmm. I think, right? Yeah, and she like vouches for him. Yeah, yeah. So that's, he, like the guy is like, is he with you? Are you sure? Like he really doesn't want to accept that Harry is is like a welcome guest here. It's weird, mm-hmm. but it's just because he doesn't like him. I guess. <laughs> but before <laughs> before they go into the mall, when he's just in the parking lot, him and um, Molly. Molly, thank you. Don't they see something? Yeah, they see two people going in dressed in cloaks. And Harry sees uh, the cloaks and is that's like, right. what the fuck is this? Like, he's and getting it, all fucking hyped up. And it turns out to just be fucking kids going to the party. <laughs> yeah. He walks inside and the people wearing cloaks also have acne. And he's immediately <laughs> like, oh, they're... And then right. he smells weed, too. <laughs> Yeah, he says something like vampires don't have acne or something. Yeah, vampires <clears throat> don't need Clearasil. Oh my god! <laughs> Unless you're fucking a black court vampire, apparently, because her skin was all kinds of fucked up. <laughs> you need fucking embalming fluid, <laughs> some coconut you need oil, some raw alcohol. <laughs> Preserve that shit with a hair dryer. <laughs> get the juices out. <laughs> you need a turby twist. <laughs> 
put your to put your body up in to try I'm it gonna out. say yeah because they don't have much hair not anymore um, yeah. oh god it's so bad this is not the vampire you want to be guys Mm-mm. it really isn't so he um finally gets to thomas and they you know step away a little bit so they can have a moment mm-hmm. and um it's fine like everything seems fine here yeah, Thomas he, he, tells him that this girl he's doing a favor for worked over the weekend like four weeks in a row without mm-hmm. complaining once, and he totally owes her, which I appreciated. So he's going to be like the he's going to pretend to be the vampire mm-hmm. in this thing they have going on for the night, which is funny because you know obviously it's a real vampire pretending to be a vampire. Yeah, it's charming. So you know, and he gets to pretend like he's also straight, which is again <laughs> funny. Um, and you know it seems like everything is going to be not a big deal Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden oh we will say for we talk about the part where harry tries to lecture thomas a little bit because he thinks that pretending to be vampires in this fantasy world and all that is dangerous because of the very real possibility of vampire violence harry Listen, get the fuck out of here. What is he even talking about? Like, honestly, though, what does he think he I don't know. is even saying? I don't know, because it's not like he is going around warning everybody that monsters are real and vampires Yeah, you want to hand out some fucking pamphlets? Go ahead, buddy. Like, nobody is stopping so, you. So it's a weird point he's trying to make here. Um, and it kind of seems ridiculous to me Mm -hmm. agreed hard agree but uh but for whatever reason he feels like he needs to kind of lecture thomas about this and thomas is like look they're regular people they're innocent you know they don't necessarily need to be aware of all the things that go bump in the night because Mm -hmm. one there's not shit that they can do about any of that Mm -hmm. you know they can't really fight or protect themselves in any uh substantive way yeah so let them just kind of exist in their innocence slash ignorance because otherwise it's just going to go crazy yeah and he says like don't isn't that what the white council wants is for people to not know about Mm -hmm. shit like Mm -hmm. that's allegedly what y'all are hoping for is Mm -hmm. lots more Mm -hmm. innocent people who aren't aware yeah i just like this whole lecture felt really weird to me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. honestly i was just kind of like this doesn't even really feel in character yeah but i will say it feels like it's kind of a setup because at the end of the story when everything is finally over and thomas is asking harry what are they going to say to to themselves and each other the the humans Mm -hmm. that were here and there's a whole conversation about all the different ways and lengths we go to to explain things that we can't explain mm-hmm. and they'll mm-hmm. they'll tell themselves it was a gas leak or it was just people in costumes or if somebody was hopped up on drugs or you know mm-hmm. it was a terrorist attack or whatever it is we have to tell ourselves to make this make sense yeah um so again it's like almost like the lecture was just so that harry could come full circle mm-hmm. you know because if you clearly he understands that there's not a real capacity for regular humans to carry this information 
and right. the, they'll do something to make it make sense. So it's like he's answering his own question. Like, mm-hmm. why, how can you be chastising, saying that they're not taking something seriously enough when you later acknowledge that it's not something they're even capable of taking seriously? Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I then then it starts to go left, but I can't remember exactly what happens. They're the all first like thing, him, he's talking. talking to Molly, and then they notice that she is standing rigid and is like seeming to be very flipped out. And Harry looks out and he sees that the ladder that the security guard had been on is knocked over. And there's a bunch of blood on the ground and on mm. the car. Mm. And Molly, he tells Thomas because she starts like whispering to herself. And Thomas is like, what the fuck is going on? And Harry says she's having a bit of a psychic shock. And Thomas says, I never saw you have psychic shock. What the fuck are you talking about? And Harry's like, I don't do what she does. What my specialties are don't involve being sensitive to things like this. So she just literally felt this guy die and was not prepared for it at all. Mm. This wasn't in the midst of a battle. This wasn't something that like, you know, she has felt people die before. Right. But it was something that happened after a prolonged like confrontation Mm -hmm. and she could sort of know it was coming. This was a sneak attack and the dude, their theory is that the guy got gripped up so quick that his neck broke from yes. the fucking whiplash of yes. being grabbed, which is insane. Yeah, that was, um, yikes. Right? Yeah. And he's asking Molly, what did she see? And she's like, nothing. I didn't yep. see shit. That's how fast it was. Um, ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh then the lights go out. Yeah. Right when they're like trying to Oh wait, no. First the car gets thrown through the front. Does it? Yeah, the lights go on and off later, right? Like when they take over the uh admin office. Um oh no, the lights in the street go out. Before, oh, before oh all that okay. Happens. I thought like, you meant like inside the mall. Yeah, okay, no, got you. No, right when they're like talking to her and she's uh, they're trying to figure out like what could have grabbed that fast, mm-hmm. um, cross her whole field of vision in a second or two, and then the street lights went out, and then there's like only one reason to do that, and that's to blind us and keep mm-hmm. anyone outside from seeing what's happening inside. Right. Um. So then they realize like something is up, but they don't know what. They got to get, like, the humans all, like, in one place. Tell them, you know, something's wrong. (laughs) But also, like, don't panic. (laughs) Uh, We're going to evacuate. Don't freak out. Please leave. Don't make any noise. Don't freak out. (laughs) Uh, There are things hunting you, so try and be super quiet. Don't freak out. (laughs) Yeah, all right. This is going to go super well. And, uh... So then he decides he needs to get to a phone and the girl whose dad owns it or whatever the deal is going to escort him to, um, to the little, to the phone area. Right. And he tries to make a call and it goes dead and then the lights go dead 
I think everything stops. Yeah, that's a, this is this is after the uh, mm-hmm. the car comes through the front, right? I don't think that's happened yet. No. Oh, I thought that they were heading there, and then they got interrupted on the way. Um. All right. Sorry. I don't have this like open in front of me to the right spot. So now I'm trying yeah. to find the uh, the little moment. Do-do-do. Vampires have little to no need for Clarisil is the thing I just opened to. Cool. Um, she's in psychic shock. What happened? Thomas, 10 feet away, could hear our conversation as clearly as if you've been sitting with us. Um, I Oh, yeah, here it is. She blinked at me for a second and said, uh, four before closing, two after. Um, the security office in administration. This place have a phone and he takes her and you're right to the plate, the kitchen in the bistro. That's right. This is the first phone call mm-hmm. and he calls Murphy and just, and then the phone rings and goes dead. Right. And that's when all the lights go out. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. And then, uh, that's when he tells Sarah that they need to get to the security office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Thomas is supposed to stay with everybody at the bistro. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. going to go with Molly and Sarah, try to find a security office, make another phone call. And you know, Thomas has a cell phone. You know, that is an excellent motherfucking point. I'm just thinking of this now. Why didn't we use his cell phone? I don't know. Jesus Christ, that's a huge, huge, huge plot hole. Uh, once we're gone, you'll try to get through to the cops on a cell phone. There's not a prayer of getting one to work if Molly and I are anywhere okay. nearby, not with both of us this Okay, nervous. there we go. Whew. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> but even so, like, it's weird that he would try to get to the security office when he could just, go, they could just do this yeah. right now. They could just move away from him and give him enough distance to make a phone call. Yeah. If they're concerned that they're going to interfere with how it works. So. Hmm. I guess. Yeah. I guess for some reason he needed to also get to a phone. Hmm. He's really, it sounds like wanting more to get to security. But considering that he just got through talking about how ineffectual they were and that they just have mace and, you know, like walkie talkies. I don't get why. And the thing is, he says, we're going to go to the office and try to reach someone. Yeah. So it's all about trying to, to get get contact mm-hmm. hmm. yeah. well alright well that's what they end up doing He Thomas is going to try to use his phone which I don't think ever comes back up I guess when because the cops show up at the end right so yeah. I guess we're meant to assume that that's a result of Thomas's phone call but I don't yeah I don't know hmm. so he does say he's going to go... T- Harry does say, I'm going to go try to find security. But he's telling that to the group. Right. And I think that's a lie. <laughs> like, so you... What do you think? He's just <clears throat> pretending that's what he, where he's going so that he can, like, work on the or creature may, maybe himself? To ma- and so that they... Yeah, the, explain why he's leaving the group. But right, that is right. nothing to worry about. I'm just going to go get security. Gotcha. Um, Because like you just said, I don't think that Harry thinks security can actually help him do anything. (laughs) Okay, so it's all just a big... Okay, that makes more sense. I was sitting here just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Got it. So, uh, 
he finally heads out and this is when the fucking car comes through yeah uh and it took me a second to understand that there was not someone driving this car guys (laughs) i just assumed that somebody was behind the wheel and just drove it straight through the glass and like was aiming at harry or whoever Mm -hmm. that is not what happened it sure ain't something fucking threw that car through the fucking window or doors or whatever the fuck it comes through eight feet off the ground that is i was you know mm, i've almost spoiled you on something but never mind Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I'm super interested now. Never you mind. <laughs> but oh, yeah, boy. yeah, I, I just, I, I didn't understand what was happening here until it was too late. I would be dead. I would have just been standing right there. Well, and that's what happens. The Sarah chick is literally staring at the car because it hits the ground finally, and then just slides toward them. Mm-hmm. And he has to yank her out of the way because she's just staring at it, coming at her. Yeah, Harry would have had to Which I know it's really easy to just be like, bitch, move. What the fuck? Listen, but if I see a fucking car come flying through the air into where whatever building I'm standing in, I'm stopping and staring at that shit. (laughs) I, I wouldn't mean to. I wouldn't want to. But I most certainly would. Because it's just not the kind of thing you expect to see. Well, remind me not to take you on my monster hunt. <laughs> no, you definitely don't want to take me on your monster hunt. <laughs> I thought I made that clear at the beginning of our relationship. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, so Harry has to get Sarah out the way. Molly is, was already fucking moving out the way because she's, she's not a fool. Yeah. Um, and I think this is when we finally finally get an idea of what is happening and what we're dealing with Um, all right before we do this i need to address how when i started this off and said i don't know how i feel about this it's mostly sarah this chick is put here to literally be a half-naked quivering ball of fright yeah next to harry yeah and there is literally a moment where they have just been you know almost killed and he's looking at her thinking about how he just wants to kiss her yeah she's got it, a it's just like oh, I, I had a, it. a sudden insanely intense need to rip off the strings of that red bikini top that she's wearing yep yeah um and there's a there's a couple of other descriptions of uh, like her back and her hips and Mm -hmm. you know she's she's very comely it's clear Mm -hmm. uh and it's a little jarring because by this point in the books it feels like butcher is really backed off of this type of writing Mm -hmm. um so to encounter it here was just like oh we're going back to that again yeah it's just like it's not even so much that he can't have this sort of feeling about anybody it's just that she has no personality that we know of other than 
being super hot and him wanting to kiss her at this particular moment felt so out of place mm. that I genuinely thought for a second that this was going to be the influence of somebody from the white court that was part of the attack. Mm. I expected either <clears throat> it would turn out that she was unexpectedly a vampire, but I didn't see that because Thomas worked with her and he would know. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, maybe the white court is attacking and he's feeling this way because right. of their influence. And then it turns out to be nothing. It's just that he feels that way because he had like an adrenaline rush. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, it turns out that he's had an adrenaline rush and this is how, you know, like one leads to the other. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe it does. I don't really get a lot of adrenaline in my life. It's not like related to poverty. And mm-hmm. that's not particularly mm-hmm. sexy, so it doesn't really have that impact on me. <laughs> um, but it very much seems like, uh, you know how when you watch a movie and and our heroes have just escaped death and then they like end up in an embrace, you know? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's that thing, that that close to death, now I got to do something to feel alive, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But because she is such a non-person, person, yeah, I hate to say it that way, but it's not our fault. That's just how she was written. Mm-hmm. You know, that there's just, there's so much nothing there that it, it does seem kind of unnecessary, you know? Yeah. Like if there was, if this moment happened with someone we knew better, mm-hmm. then I'd like, not that I want it to happen, but if this was a moment with like Murphy, for instance, then right. you'd be like, okay, well, these are two people that know each other very well. Two characters we know very well. They've just And been you th- could also say like, he's also glad she's alive mm-hmm. and wants to kiss her because he's so glad that she's right. okay. Right. Yeah. But this is all just very one-sided. This whole thing is just all hairy. Mm-hmm. You know, like the girl is there, but she's not even really here. Yeah. Um, so they survived the car. They're still trying to make their way to the security office. And this is when the lights start flickering on and off. Right. And then we finally meet who is behind everything that's happening tonight. And we meet her through the PA system initially mm-hmm. where she just announces her presence and her plans. Yeah. So, okay. This is the other thing I don't love. Uh, and, and this is not Jim butcher's fault. Exactly. It's just something that I have like a fucking beef about now is that, this sort of thing is just so very male. This reaction of these people didn't like me enough, so I am going to torment and kill them. Hmm. This is literally a thing that has been happening with like school shootings and mass shootings recently quite a bit. Young dudes lashing out because they don't feel that they are getting socially what is their due. Mm-hmm. And for it to be a girl just feels really weird to me. And I don't need him to write it as a dude, but there is something about the, like, when he said, just something about the, like, what does he call it? Like a carry operation, carry or 
code carry something like that later yeah yeah and um it just you know you don't hear about women lashing out this way women internalize it when people don't like them when people tease them and make fun of them or Mm -hmm. exclude them it is just that is how we are most often socialized right and we assume that if we are not liked it is our own fault I will say that what I took from the reading was that in life, this person, this Constance, or also known as Julinda, which is, I'm assuming was like her LARP name or the character she played, yeah, was very much like that in life. And it's only because now she's a monster that it, it, it's inverted and she is now like attacking interesting okay you know um that you know she went through her life being you know kind of looked down upon and treated poorly and not taken seriously or whatever was happening with her and her group and she just probably just suffered it all Hmm. um because it doesn't sound like anybody in the group paid her any attention they definitely weren't worried about her you know doing anything to them Right. And it's only now that she's become this other thing that's not human anymore that she's acting out in this way. Hmm. Um, okay. I will say, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of this particular trope, male or female. This um, getting revenge on. Yeah, I was. I was. I was bullied. And I'm going to, like, come back and take it out on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a fan of it. And it, it, it's it's recent. And it's for the reasons that you've stated, actually. Because in the past, I have all, I've always tended to side with the people who are reacting to the bullies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because before it was an everyday occurrence in this country... There was a a particular way this this story would go, where you would have like the downtrodden kid who got picked on, and the bullies were all bad, and then the kid gets revenge, and you all like root for the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. like that's like the plot of like ninety percent of the movies I watched in the eighties, right? And yeah. it felt like a good fantasy, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Especially if you were a person who in real life found yourself more on the outs than in the in like the in crowd. Then right. you would love to see when that happens in the movies. You love when the, the nerd gets the girl. You know, you love when the, the mousy girl gets a makeover and gets the cute guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the reality of where we are now in real life, where we are seeing these these attacks and these shootings over and over and over again and like remember when remember Columbine (laughs) we were right remember how at first everybody was like oh they were these bully kids and you know Mm -hmm. people you know treated them so bad and that's and then we found out later that no they were just fucking assholes Mm -hmm. and were terrible before they did this and then even more terrible after they did this and with each of these things that come out now the majority men like almost exclusively male 
mm-hmm. perpetrators were are all the same type of kid, you know. Yeah, they're yeah. they're like abusive and they're bullies in their own way, and you know they mm-hmm. they're gross around women and the, lots of imagined slights that they believe mm-hmm. they've suffered. That yes, are nothing. Yes, yeah. And it has really turned that whole thing inside out for me. So now when I read a story or see it in a movie, I don't have much sympathy (laughs) Mm -hmm. anymore you know it's a weird thing that now i'm not saying kids aren't still bullied you know that's a real thing that still happens but it Mm -hmm. has it has changed for me i think my my assumptions have changed and um my i don't want to say my tolerance for bullying but my like what exactly is your grievance that like you my know. tolerance for excusing abuse by saying oh this person suffered trauma has gone way down yeah like we just we went through a spate especially in the 90s where we tried to be like oh yeah he's a bad guy in this fiction thing but he was abused as a child and so now you get it and it's like yeah lots of people were abused as kids and they didn't wind up becoming serial killers right right and there's just like been this sort of trend of trying to act like that explains shit away and you can have experienced trauma and have difficulties acting like a person but you need to work on that yeah and that is not something that you can just point to as like the reason somebody is doing despicable right, harmful right. shit and I'm not trying to even say that, like, Jim Butcher's... Do- like, obviously, she's the villain here. He's not trying to be sympathetic to her. I don't get that. Do you get that? No, I don't think so at all. this is written? Mm-mm. Yeah. I just... I feel like I had a sort of, like, gut reaction because this is so much more common now. This sort of story. Right. That it's... And that's why I tried to say, like, this isn't Jim Butcher's fault. Because he can't have known when he wrote this... Sure. Or, I don't know. Maybe he could. When was this even published? Um, but he can't have known how much of a thing this was going to become. Right. Right. You know, and it's to the point now where I don't mean to sound like I want people to quantify their trauma and did I get to decide what's really worth the reaction or not. Mm-hmm. But I really do like when I hear people talk about people who do these mass shootings for example and the, they were like you know loners or outcasts or whatever like mm-hmm. I want to know are did you just ask one girl out and she said no and then you did mm-hmm. this because that that is not bullying sir that is not being yeah. oppressed sir that's like someone telling you no that's not the same mm-hmm. thing you know mm-hmm. um, whereas 20 years ago I would have been like oh what he got picked on by the jocks and you know, he wore glasses. Of course, mm-hmm. he's he's entitled to revenge on them, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we had a whole series of movies called Revenge of the Nerds in the 80s, you know? That, yeah. That was actually pretty... We're super rapey. Oh, my God. So rapey. Yep. <laughs> Ugh. It's awful to go back and watch those now. It's just the worst. Yeah, it's so bad. It's really, really bad. But, um, but yeah, like that whole thing though, right? Like they are put upon and disrespected so they get revenge and we all rooted for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, with this, the, well, first of all, I want to acknowledge that the narrator 
what's his face that played Spike for the audiobooks? Fuck. Marsters? James? That's the one. Thank you. The character that he shared the screen with most of the time at the start was Drusilla. And I kind of wonder if Drew Linda isn't meant to be a little bit of a like, hey, what's up? Oh, that's really fun. Like, I don't know if that's it or not, but I like to sort of think it is. I do like it. I do like it a lot. (laughs) Um, And I, I, the one thing that we didn't mention at the start with him, like running into the security guard was that guy says that he recognizes Harry. Oh, my God. From Shoegasm. From Shoegasm. <laughs> and we wind up finding out later what that's about. Yeah. But I really like that being something that's, like, established right at the start. Mm-hmm. And you're just sitting there like, what? Yeah. Did I miss something? I was, uh, yes, you did. Yeah. You did miss something. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, that must be a side story that I haven't had a chance to read yet. Yep. Um. Okay, so... This girl announces her presence, and basically she is just telling everybody, I'm here to fuck shit up. Mm -hmm. Um, She sounds terrible. It's worse than Linda Blair. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what? This reminds me of that Buffy story where the girl goes invisible. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's towards... It's sort of like that, but I feel like that was done a little bit more sympathetically. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, Buffy connection again. <laughs> uh, and she just announces that she's here to fuck everything up. Mm-hmm, and she starts basically. playing that one, that song, Only You, which I feel like was also in a Buffy episode. Oh, shit. I don't Remember know. Remember the one about the um, the ghost when it's in season yeah. two? When, um, and they ghosts take over their bodies mm-hmm. and they keep acting out the mm-hmm. same thing over and over? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Um... That song is so creepy now to me whenever I hear it. <laughs> it's, it's There's a, a lot of songs like that that get played as like a background for like a, an upsetting scene mm-hmm. that are objectively not spooky songs, but they are forever spooky to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he has Molly veil them because Drusilla, I almost called her Drusilla. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Because Drulinda mm-hmm. is like nearby. <laughs> And, um, he describes her and she's terrible. It's really gross. I'm not going to get into that because yeah. I don't, because I don't want to. <laughs> I like how later when he talks about her licking the blood off a girl, oh my he God, says her tongue is like a strip jerky. of beef jerky. <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't like that at all. Oh God. Why would you like He's... such a thing? <laughs> She stank, not a little whiff, but like a rotting corpse that still had some juicy corners. Oh my God, it's so (laughs) terrible. (laughs) And it goes on for what seems to me like for fucking ever. Uh, He says it's noxious enough to make him gag. Mm -hmm. And he says, and this is after a day I spent tracking down a freaking slime. (laughs) Oh, that's true. I forgot about that line. It is especially bad. Um, yeah, Rashawn knows what a body smells like too. So, oh my god, you guys! <laughs> oh my god! I just realized that without context, that made you sound like a fucking psychopath. <laughs> you know what? I say we don't even give them backstory. We just let them think that. <laughs> leave it. Leave it like that. All right, I like it. That little mystery. Oh my god! But yeah, rotting corpse guys—that is no bueno. Mm. It is a strong 
and pungent odor that <laughs> had staying power. <laughs> it was so bad. Ugh. Um, I can't wait until somebody moves in that apartment and I have to, like, try to make eye contact with them. Oh, what God. am I going to do? What do I say? You don't say shit. Like, you keep that shit to yourself. Like, would you want to know? Okay, guys, real quick. Don't tell me. I don't know if we ever mentioned it actually on, on the recording, but, uh, like, a little while ago, there was a terrible smell in my building, and it turned out to be, like, the worst thing that you could imagine like two doors down from my apartment and it was not a murder what it was not a murder no it wasn't a murder thank god which i feel like would be maybe that's the the worst worst thing thing i could imagine no 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 no. i think what happened is worse like you you just die and you sit there for days because no one knows you're dead Mm. (laughs) i think that's way worse nobody even notices you're gone yeah 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 that's worse at least if you somebody murdered you they cared enough to kill you (laughs) they put some energy into it (laughs) Oh my god. So, I don't know what I'm going to do when someone rents that apartment. Like, I don't even know. Oh, oh, okay. I don't know. That's a that's an ethical question for me later on. I have to figure out what I'm going to do. You don't need to say shit no? about it. <laughs> it's not like he was killed by a gas leak that's unresolved. Why would they need to know? You know, like there's no ethical requirement to telling. No, it's that. not. It's not like when you sell it. You have to say you have to tell them. I think when you sell a house, sure, but, but not when you. It's not an your apartment. property. Yeah. Oh my god! What if I'm just in the hallway and I see him go? <laughs> god. <laughs> the only time that I think you would have any reason to say something is if you like develop a little chit chat with them and one day you're like riding up in the elevator together and they're like yeah it's been really weird there's been cabinets like opening by themselves and oh my god i i keep hearing thinking that like somebody's in the house oh but god. i don't see anybody and then i think maybe <laughs> you should that's say the something. only appropriate scenario we can imagine <laughs> i think so otherwise mm-mm, they don't need to know okay i think you're right because my building is like was my building uh, 1925 there's a really good chance that several people have died in the apartment that i'm in right now that's true you know the odds probably are not you gotta great. pull the carpet up and look for stains oh my god <laughs> <laughs> see do you like knowing no yeah i think your point is well made <laughs> so anyway <laughs> Oh my god! <sighs> All right, so I think I went and creeped for Sean. You really everybody. did. You really did. <laughs> um. All right, so where are we at now? So now we have. She starts like stalking them, and then we get the reveal that the uh, other dudes have been made into right, them. Right. And for the record, I looked like while we were talking for quite a while, and there isn't any definitive consensus on how the Black Court makes vampires. Mm. There's just like, you know, Harry saying here that they can, if they get a foothold, that they can multiply really quickly, which leads me to think you don't need to bury somebody overnight. There's no way she could have made it, made these guys. Yeah. It sounds Um, like she just does it like, right, like just, you know, you turn them mm -hmm. immediately. Um and he tells he has to tell Sarah like what they're dealing with, and obviously she just can't even like wrap her head around it as actual vampires. 
Yeah. He gives Molly the heads up and he's just like, look, these are your standard issue vampires. Everything you saw in the movies. So, you know, sunlight, garlic, holy water, symbols of faith. And don't look him in the eyes, by the way. (laughs) And not look Mr. Jordan in the eyes. And don't let them take you alive. Oh, and that, like, the reason that this girl can tell is, doesn't the, one of the security guards, like, Drusilla, whatever, (laughs) Drusilla, I'm calling her that, it's, it's done. Drusilla calls the guy over and he comes over and says, what? And she, like, knocks his teeth out of his face. Oh my god, yeah. And is like, you talk when I tell you Yes, that's right, that's right. And I was just like, damn, bitch, All right, he just asked what you wanted. (laughs) And I guess it's that thing, too, where, like, whoever you sire, you're the boss of. Mm -hmm. Like, just without even question. I'd like to know how she's out roaming the streets by herself. Yeah, she doesn't have a scourge that she's a member of. hmm. But, uh, but that's the question for another time, I guess. So, uh, he tells Molly to stay with Sarah. He takes their shoes, and I didn't yeah. know what the fuck was happening here. We're getting a little Quentin Tarantino it, just listen. here. I was, I was nervous about where this was heading. <laughs> and he sneaks up to the shoe store. And mm-hmm. we have this whole thing. <clears throat> where we meet a bunch of cobble elves or cobble fairies. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what exactly, but it's adorable. Even though I feel like they would be insulted if I called them adorable to their face. They're adorable. <laughs> and they're little shoemaking fairies like the old story. Um about the cobbler who uh yeah. you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like those guys. And mm-hmm. Harry, we find out, has worked it out so that they can work in this shoe store and get their needs met and do what they're supposed to do and it's all like works out for everybody except that it's gotten a little crowded <laughs> um so harry <laughs> says and it seems to be true based yeah. on how they decide to go with this oh plan my God. so he he is asking for their help and at first they're just like no the 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 main one Keith. is Keith, and I and once I saw, read that, I kept calling them like Keebler elves instead of Cobbler elves, and it was a problem oh in my brain. And then finally, I just gave into it. <laughs> but uh, Keith is like, I know what's going on out there. You mm-hmm. got one of those not deads, and I don't want none of that action. <laughs> we mm-hmm. are going to stay in here. And mind our fucking business, sir. And then Harry breaks a heel off of one of those Prada shoes. And the whole crowd is like, (laughs) egads. No, have you seen 10th Kingdom? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Don't watch it. It's really bad, but I love it. But there there are trolls in that that are obsessed with leather. And they get very offended when they find somebody who has not been taking proper care of their shoes. Oh my god. And it's really it really reminds me of this a lot. It just must be like a trope. Well these guys are like clutching their pearls because mm-hmm. he has broken off this, this heel and one of them yells nine <laughs> <laughs> and 
Then, Harry describes him as dressed as something out of Oktoberfest. Oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. And then he breaks the other one, and Keith is like, those are Italian leather handmade. <laughs> what are you doing? He does a real Niles crane here. Oh, my God. And <laughs> the funny little bit is that once he does the two heels, he's like handing the the shoes over the trash can like he's going to drop mm-hmm. them any second and they are like they can't believe what they are even seeing right now yeah and it turns out that if the shoes go in the trash then that's it they're off limits like they're mm-hmm. gone forever which is a really weird thing because you could just go get them out the trash but clearly there is some sort of almost magic happening where like once yeah. the shoes are discarded then that's it they can't touch them again so this is very serious what he's holding over their heads here by <laughs> dangling these shoes over the trash can and uh turns out harry's like look <laughs> i just need a little bit of information um i'll give you the shoes because <laughs> that's really yeah. all they're interested in I will give you the shoes if you will just do this for me. And I know a place that has like 14 people in the family Mm -hmm. (laughs) that have a ton of shoes that always need care. Someone you can even go there to live. Yeah, I like because like Keith at first tries to be like, nice, just extortion is Mm -hmm. what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Like he's very resentful. Right. And Harry has to be like, look, you know, I'm trying to save the lives of some people. Don't act like I'm just like using you for my own ends Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Like this is me asking for help to do something to save some innocent people. Right. So stop acting like this. And Harry ends up doing something like. You know, just as a show of like, I'm, you know, a show of good faith, I'll put the shoes down. Like, mm-hmm. I'll stop dangling them over the trash so you all can, like, relax. And he offers them, you know, pizza. And oh, Keith God. says, Fleeting pizza is <laughs> eternal our shoes and leather goods. Uh, and then the rest of the crowd goes shoes and leather goods like they're saying amen (laughs) i laugh so hard i don't know why but i just this tickled me to no end Um, i love too when harry offers pizza one of them somewhere in the crowd goes true it is (laughs) like there's been rumors of this man buying pizza but there's no way oh my god couldn't possibly be actually happening that's out of out of the question that is so fucking right that's the <laughs> best thing oh my god harry says they uh the he calls them the cobs in the, as the group mm-hmm. he says they they gasped staring at me as if i had just offered them a map to el dorado <laughs> <laughs> oh man this yeah, little and- returning gimmick of the little folk and how much they love pizza has been a truly enjoyable little thread. Isn't it throughout so these fun? Books. It really has been. I totally agree. Yeah. It's such a small, silly thing, but it's just there's something about it mm-hmm. that it feels, the fact that it comes up over and over again is sort of comforting. It feels weirdly. very universal, right? Yeah. Like, who doesn't love pizza, though? <laughs> you know? Yep. And if you were to tell me you didn't like it, I wouldn't trust you. Yeah, I've met a couple people who say they don't like yeah, pizza. I don't trust them. 
there just really comes a point with some people where you just have to be like, all right, I guess that we're just not going to be friends. My, like, my nieces and nephew tagged me in a post today that says, if you ever meet a black person that has a cat, you can't trust them. Oh, shit. <laughs> They were all giving me shit. They were like, as far as I know, Auntie, you're the only black person that has a cat. That's so funny. <laughs> and I'm not the only black person that has a cat, but we are small in numbers. <laughs> black people with cats write in. Let us know what you think in the comments. Listen, black people don't like cats. <laughs> they really don't. I was actually thinking about it because I was talking to Owen about like, pet ownership amongst my father's family who are all Hispanic and like how that has evolved since they've gotten more assimilated Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. and like when they first came down the idea of having a pet that lived in the house with you was just not it was out of the question Uh you could have a dog as a pet but that dog stayed the fuck outside yep and it was really like uh an American thing to like look down on people who treated their dogs that way yeah Pets that weren't dogs were not even, like, really an option. Yep. It was always a dog. It was something... It was an animal that could be useful in some There's way. something utilitarian about the relationship between, mm-hmm. um, I'll just say, non-white people and mm-hmm. animals. Because it varies once you get into, you know, distinct cultures, obviously. But there was some overlap. And yeah. one of the things was... Um, even dogs that lived in the house and generally they would have to be smaller dogs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, were like in my family, they were the, what's the word? I want to say purview. I don't think that's right. The only people in my family that had dogs when I was little were older people, Mm. you know, because they were old and they had like company in the house. Yeah, you need company and you need somebody to let you know someone's at the exactly. door. Exactly. So, like, I had a yeah. lot of, like, like my grandmom's sisters and older relatives that had, like, little yippy dogs, like little terriers mm-hmm. or whatever. But there wasn't a lot of, like, oh, we have three small children and a family dog. You know, there wasn't, like, right. a lot of that. Yeah, same. And I had cousins was, that uh, wouldn't come see me because I had a cat. Cause they would, oh my god, really? Yeah, I had a cousin that was terrified of cats, and her mom used Aww. to tell her. She really believed that cats would, like, steal the baby's breath, like that whole... Oh, that, that, that yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad believed that even for a while, I think. He didn't, like, say it, but his, like, his sister would say it, and he would kind of, like, not correct her, mm-hmm. which always felt to me like endorsement for him. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the that was like when I started to notice that things were really changing with his family and with him was that he wanted to get a dog and he wanted the dog to not only be in the house, but sleep in the bed with him. Oh, wow. And when his family started to have dogs that were around inside, um, because I, I noticed it when it happened because I didn't visit all that much. And when I saw that they weren't leaving them you know roped up outside i was really startled because i had just sort of mentally steeled myself for it Mm because i didn't like to see it i felt bad for the poor dog yeah same so i like came over and expected to just be like annoyed by it Mm -hmm. and then the dog was like running around with everybody inside and i was like oh shit things are really changing okay the last time i had a dog and when i couldn't have it anymore i took it to a family that went to church with my mom and they offered to take my dog. And 
I just assumed that it would just be like a house pet. Mm-hmm. And then after I went, I went back to visit a couple months later, and it was an outside dog. And I remember being heartbreaking, like this is, uh. you know. And I wanted to. I remember having a conversation with my mom, like, how could they, like, this isn't how they're supposed to keep a dog. And my mom yeah. was like, yeah, it's they're not going to have the dog inside the house. Nobody does that. And I was just like, what do you mean? Yeah, most people do that. Saying yeah. nobody does that is just, <laughs> that's not true at all. It's <laughs> not even remotely true. Yeah, but yeah, like everybody was surprised that I was so upset. I was like, I thought they were going to have a house dog, like, mm-hmm. you know, but there wasn't really anything I could do about it at that point. Yeah, and after like having stayed in Guatemala for a couple of months, the stray dogs are just such a thing there. It's just not something that you see here. If there's a stray dog, somebody calls a pound and like, Make sure it gets picked up because they're worried that it's going to be, like, dangerous to somebody or um, maybe is already rabid or belongs to Mm -hmm, a person and mm -hmm. is lost. But, like, down there, the number of stray dogs, I would see consistently every day the same, like, six or seven. And that was just in my little neighborhood. Mm. There were hundreds of them throughout town. And I think that's part of it, too, is that, like, when dogs are basically like squirrels Mm. and are just around in the neighborhood picking up scraps and just like wandering the streets with no owners your perception of them are is going to be totally different Mm -hmm. you know they're like pigeons or something yeah like the our association here with animals is whatever their relationship is to the people they belong to yeah either they used to belong or they currently belong and are lost or whatever as opposed to just seeing them as like that's just a dog and it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily not necessarily tie to any person you yeah know? there's not necessarily somebody at home missing it or looking for it it's just a dog <laughs> and it was weird because like your impulse is to feed the little guy but then they would like no and they would be waiting for you for your daily walk to class they would follow they would figure out your schedule because they knew that you were a soft touch and they were just like become your sort of outside dog I, I kinda, by accident. <laughs> yeah, I kind of love that, though. I, I mean, it was, but then when it was almost like it, it, you would feel bad that you were, like, favoring one when there were, like, <laughs> ten others on the street that you weren't able to do anything for. I just, like, you know, you want to fix the whole problem. I kind of like the idea of having a whole pack of dogs, though. So I would just feed as many as I could, and then I would just walk around all the time, followed by, like, 30 dogs, and be like, yeah, what? (laughs) What, 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 what? (laughs) Me and my minions. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, okay, so... What were we talking about? (laughs) The Keebler Elves. Oh, right, right, right. It started with talking about pizza, and then cats, and then dogs. I don't know, I don't know, it got away from us there. (laughs) Um... So, he convinces them, tells uh, the cobs what he needs is, he needs to know where everyone is. Where are all the vampires? Mm-hmm. And these motherfuckers get it done in like 30 seconds. It's crazy! <laughs> it takes no time. <laughs> they take the shoes out of his hand and he doesn't even notice he doesn't even doing it. it. <laughs> and I love that it's like these Birkenstocks that Molly's been wearing that are super beat up and when he holds them up, the, some of the like the women in this crew are like because <laughs> they're just all beat up and really like mm-hmm. they're just very disapproving right? of the it's... way that she has handled these things. <laughs> 
especially if it had parapod of pumps, then, then you know, right? I can't help but wonder if they would be happy working for me because all my shoes are fucking cheap pleather. No, there's no leather happening. Yeah, no, like, they would be dis- they would be so disappointed in you. Yeah, they would. They'd just be like, "We're not. I'm sorry, we just can't do this. <laughs> I, I can't work with these materials." Like going into somebody notes. else's kitchen. Three-year-old dried herbs. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Margarine. <laughs> Don't even get me started on oh fucking margarine. <laughs> margarine was made to fatten animals, you jags. Don't eat it. It's true. <sighs> anyway. Um, so, okay, so, he, um, they tell him where everybody is, it takes no time at all, mm-hmm. and, um, he asks them to get some garlic powder Oh, from that's the right, that's shop. where he gets it from, that's right. I was yeah. wondering where that came from. Um, and then where, where are we at now? <laughs> um, he, they tell him that she is in like the bistro with the people and he's like are they uh is anybody hurt and they say they don't believe so she's just taunting them so the first person that he goes after is the one that's outside keeping a watch on the parking lot to make sure that nobody leaves and Mm. he goes out there and uses this fucking gravity spell this was amazing (laughs) i wish he did this earth magic more often it's pretty wild. It is. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it. He uses gravity as a weapon. Mm-hmm. And pancakes this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any other way to say it. It's accurate. No, he that's fine. <laughs> just slams this fucking guy into the earth like nobody's business. And um, it's a little gross. Because the pile of goo doesn't die right away. No, nope. that was unpleasant. Could have d- could have done with not having that be a thing. But <laughs> he just sprinkled some garlic on it. <laughs> so he describes it as putting salt on a slug, and Ugh. like I just that's so mean. Oh my god! Oh, that's so horrible. That is like. Uh, I am like weirdly fascinated and disgusted by doing the salt on the slug thing. I've done it several times. I always feel bad about myself afterwards, but I can't help it. Uh, uh, I don't know. Have you ever done it? Uh, no. Oh, it's a scene, man. No, I man. couldn't do it. It's a scene. <laughs> I hate it. I don't want to make a little animal suffer, even if it's just a slug. I can't. I always feel bad it's about mean. myself. It's mean. Because it's I, mean. It's not, you should. It's not Sean. Mean. Have you ever had a porch stained with that weird trail that they leave, and it's just gross? Yeah, I'm gonna torment an animal because it stained my porch. It's awesome. You fuck. <laughs> I hate you. Dis- they are disgusting. They're disgusting. I salt the fuck out of them. I am not sorry. <laughs> Oh, you are a terrible, terrible person, and Hagrid would be so disappointed. Hagrid would You know be what? He wouldn't. He gets that... F- well, no. Those are flesh-eating slugs. That doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. Hagrid would be very upset. I think he would kind of... He got no fucking right to judge me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
only God can judge me. Where's your God now, slugs? <laughs> so, oh my God. Where's your Messiah now? <laughs> All right, so he gets rid of that guy, yep. and then he sneaks back into the mall, and uh, he's going to try to do it again. Mm-hmm. But this time, he makes a bit more noise than he had planned on. Yeah, because he does. He's inside, and he forgets that there's other shit, like, there's levels to the mall. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he does his little gravity trick. And I think a bunch of shit starts coming down. <laughs> yeah, I'll read this little bit. Uh, once again, the circle of supergravity crushed a brown-shirted vampire flat to the floor. Only I'd forgotten about the levels above. There was a shriek of tortured metal, and a great crashing rain of debris came down in a nearly solid column as floors and ceilings gave way under the sudden enormous stress. It all thundered down on the pulped vampire. There was a second of shocked silence while objects continued falling from their shelves and bins and who knew what else. I love this, the image of this of like the quiet it reminds me of that moment in cabin in the woods where all of these like creatures have been released and then there's just like they've all eaten each other or dispersed and there's dead silence and then you hear the ding of the elevators and the doors open and like a bunch more bloodthirsty <laughs> creatures come pouring out very abruptly into the dead silence but yeah this moment of just everybody like hearing this looking up a long pause and then like the echoing background sound of like a ladle <laughs> just kind of clipping the railing or something as it comes down um, but it serves as a perfect distraction because that's when Thomas decides to strike right and he goes right at Drulinda mm-hmm. and they have a pretty intense fight yeah um, it's She's going toe-to-toe with Thomas. Mm-hmm. And she bangs him up against one of the metal grates. And it's like all his like pink blood is smeared everywhere. At ah. one point, he has her. And he's whipping her around like a fucking... I don't even know what. He's he's swinging her body around like a baseball bat. And banging her into the wall. And then smashing her on the floor. And then whipping her in the air. And... It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. And then the other security guard, Harry, um, does Fuego on, and but he doesn't have his staff or anything, so it's not like that directed pulse that he's used to using. Yeah. And he kind of just sets half of the guy on fire, mm-hmm. but it doesn't like 100% stop him, so now there's less, less, like a vampire up in flames that's still like a problem. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so he's like coming after Harry while he's on fire. Thomas is whipping Drulinda around (laughs) (laughs) and there's just a lot going on. And then finally, um, what happens? I'm trying to think. Thomas stakes him. Thomas whipped out what looked like a broken chair leg and drove the shattered end directly into the vampire's chest. Right. Yep. At one point, he has to twist. Didn't he rip somebody's arm out? Yeah, because the 
vampire, even though it's staked, it doesn't just evaporate into smoke or dust. It tries to yank it out. Yeah, yeah, that's what it and is. And so he just rips his arm off so that he can't pull it out. <laughs> that is like... <laughs> oh, can't have that. <laughs> oh, Let me take care of that for you, buddy. It's so Yoink. good. It's so, it's so like over the top, but it's really, really funny, though. It is. Um, oh, my God. So so the thing with Thomas and Jolinda's fighting, and it is really going, like, toe-to-toe, you know? Yeah. And uh, at one Harry point, Harry makes sure everybody finally fucking leaves since the two since Drulin is the only one left. Right, and she's very distracted right now with and Thomas. Then, and then while they're trying to make the getaway, there's like one hand still like oh crawling God. around, yes. and it grabs one of the girl's ankles and like breaks her ankle. Oh, that's so messed up. <laughs> and Harry super has, unfair. <laughs> Harry has to like jump up and down on the hand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, but it's so funny. <laughs> Supernaturally strong it might be, but its bones were made of bone. <laughs> and it couldn't maintain its grip on the girl without them. Oh, my God. Okay. So, <laughs> so then we have um, the face-off with Jolinda and, and Harry. Mm-hmm. And uh, he uses his pentacle... As right. kind of like, you know, like a, he he's this whole long thing where he explains that, like, yes, in pop culture and in, in the legend, it's a cross, but it really doesn't have to be a cross. It can be mm-hmm. anything that's like an article of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, he's seen people use like scribbles on paper, you know, mm-hmm. and the important thing is how much you believe in it. And he believes in his and that's why it works. And uh, while he's shining the light to kind of protect um himself from her she has grabbed the girl with the fucked up ankle right and then uh Drulinda's like look uh why don't you just um give up and I'll let this girl go mm-hmm. and of course Harry does and this is when she like jumps on him and it looks pretty dicey yeah uh this is where we get the beef jerky thing when she licks the blood off the girl's neck which i did Uh, not need that (laughs) uh. um harry agrees to the deal lowers the amulet she uh lets the girl go jumps on harry i think it's pretty Mm -hmm. gross and she's like all up in his face yeah yeah, face will do. Face will do. <laughs> and he spits a bunch of garlic right into her eyes that he's, yeah. you know, shoved in his mouth that we didn't know he did. And That's pretty rad. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, too, because as I was reading it, I, I don't want to say I knew he had garlic in his mouth. I didn't. Mm-hmm. What I did notice was he was awfully quiet. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. doing all the talking. Which is not like, and and it, he does say he tells the girl. The girl's name is Anwi, and I just can't, y'all. Yeah, listen, I can't. I'm hoping that's a character name. It's got to be. It's got to be. But uh, he it, he does say that he mumbled her at her. 
Right. Which I just completely didn't even pay attention to. But the rest of the time, it's just Drulinda talking. And there's no, like... You know Harry always has shit to say. Oh, yeah. So I thought it was weird that he wasn't talking, but I wasn't prepared for him to have a mouthful of fucking garlic powder. <laughs> yeah. And have you ever had, a, like, a bit too much garlic powder on yeah, something? It, it, yeah, it doesn't take much. It's fucking fire. Yeah. If you have too much. It's a... Oh. So that he's got a mouth filled with it. I'm assuming because it's powder, it's not the same, but still... I mean, if it's powder, it's kind of worse because it turns into, like, a paste mm. and then sticks. That's true. Like, I've had that before where, like, if I've made, you know, that easy pasta dinner where it's, like, butter, garlic powder, and Parmesan on pasta. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mix in that garlic powder quite as well as I thought. There's, like, a clump. No. And let me tell you, that shit is not fun. <laughs> and you, nobody wants to come near you for, like, two days after. <laughs> Vampires or not. <laughs> um, so she's, you know, it's flailing all over the place. <clears throat> and he finally, now that his mouth is empty, he can say some fancy lines. Yeah. Uh, and that's Fuego. Mm-hmm. And that is all that that takes. That's a wrap. <laughs> then he yells, freaking amateur villain. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they, so this is all wrap up. They get the, you know, Molly's taking the girls to the hospital and he has the conversation with Thomas that we talked about at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. where they are, uh, imagining what the story is going to be to explain yeah. everything that's happened here tonight. And Thomas votes for terrorists, which I think he's probably right. Mm-hmm. And, um... I'd be real interested to see who did the, like, uh, the The coroner's report Mm. for the bodies of the two guys who apparently, like, bled out somewhere else or died somewhere else and yet their bodies over here for some reason. they don't even have bodies left, the two of them, anyway. I guess you're right. They just got smooshed. They got smooshed and then garlic put on top of them. So that's those two. There is the one body that doesn't have the arm anymore and it's got a stake in it. That's some that's some explaining to do. <laughs> this is uh I don't know, it's a pile of blood and is that garlic? Is that is that a tooth? <laughs> I just it smells like pee do you guys smell this? <laughs> what is that? And then somebody'll definitely make a vampire joke, but nobody'll take it seriously. Yep. <laughs> and then we'll move right along. Yep. <laughs> that feels right. <laughs> I like to know what they're going to do with the one that's missing an arm. When they find the arm, like, three feet over to the left, uh, how do you explain that? Somebody had a bad day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then we find out, finally, what the present was that Harry had gotten for Thomas. Oh, right. Um, which is, they forgot to grab, so that shit's gone. Um, that makes me so irritated. It does I'm not too. Lie. I was really irritated. <laughs> you know what? I will ask this question. Um, there's a line here where it says, um, "Where the fuck is it?" Harry thanks Thomas for understanding the message that of the present, and I didn't get that. Where is it? Oh, Let's see. Hang on. That's right. No, I remember that yeah. line, but I don't know what he's talking about there either. On, yeah. Huh. Um. Bup, bup, bup. 
the way it is. We got yeah. a beetle. You're going to be all right. Take me a few days. Nice signal. The birthday present. I figured you'd get it, I said. Then I frowned. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that is either. Oh, well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, they forgot to get the present after everything was done. And it turns out that Harry got him the best present of all time, which is Rock'em Sock'em Robots. <laughs> that shit was my jam. Was it? My fucking jam. Aww. And it, that present is actually older than me. It was more my brother's age group mm -hmm. when that was popular, but he had them when I was a little girl, and he wouldn't let me play with them. Of course not. Of course not, because big jerk. brothers are the fucking jerks. But uh, when I did finally get to play with them, oh my god, so much fun. That, and he used to have um, a football game. It was like an electronic football game. It was all metal, and you had these little pieces that you put on the board, and then you turned it on, and all it did was vibrate. <laughs> it vibrated very heavily, and the vibration would make your little your little men move. Okay. And that was the football game. <laughs> I was obsessed with that too when I was little, and he would never let me play with it. What? But they just moved because it was vibrating. Well, there were some other things that were going on too. I forget all the fine details, but the main part is you would turn it on, and the whole thing would shake and shake and shake and it would move like the football and you would have to move put your pieces on the board in such a way to keep keep your men from like advancing to score it's hard to explain i have to see uh, if i can find it on google and show it to you <laughs> i really enjoy how much of our conversations end up with you looking for vintage toys. <laughs> that does keep happening. The, yeah, it's happened a few times. Um, and then even today, I was listening to an, a complete, complete guide episode, and one of them is talking about a Pac-Man sheets that he had when he was a little boy, and how he remembers being mystified because Pac-Man doesn't look right on the sheets, but it says TM, so they were clearly like you know, uh -huh. licensed sheets. And I went and looked it up and tweeted at them and was like, are these them? Because seriously, what the fuck? Because Pac-Man looks, Pac-Man's literally a circle with a triangle taken out of it. Like you don't get easier <laughs> than that. And yet they made some weird thing. So yeah, vintage toys and sheets and whatnot today, apparently. Oh my are God. The thing. Do you remember the Pac-Man cartoon? No. Do you remember the Qbert cartoon? I don't even know what Qbert is. Oh my God. You don't know what Qbert is. Oh, I just died inside. I just said that. What? <laughs> oh, my God. We're done here. <laughs> what I do? <laughs> Hubert was a huge video game for like a minute. Really? And it had its own... There were like several Saturday morning cartoons that were based on video games. <laughs> so it was like it sounds too much like Pubert. Which is <laughs> the name of the Adams family son, I think, right? No. The baby, don't they name him Pubert? Oh, the baby. You're yeah. talking about from the movies. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't remember. No, not Pugsley. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, I don't like it. Hubert. Mm -mm. It's not. Mm -mm. No, I don't like that name at all. <laughs> what? I'm just laughing at how upset you are about Hubert. Uh, there's just certain, like, words and, and like, f vowel 
like consonant combinations that I really hate. Like no offense to anybody listening named Luke, but I hate your name because it makes me think of puke and loogie. Oh no, that's together. my nephew's name. <laughs> well, your nephew's gross and should definitely change his name so that people don't continue to think that he's super gross, which they definitely do. We right mostly now. call him Lucas though. No, oh, that's even worse because it's like mucus. <laughs> that's even worse. Oh, God. Yeah. Advise him. Fix that. <laughs> Talk to his parents. Listen, I know you guys didn't mean to, but you made a terrible oh. mistake, and uh, we need to fix it before something, like, follows him around for the rest of his life. Oh. Anyway, sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> all right. So... The Rock'em Sock'em robots were a thing that Harry wanted to share with somebody else. Yeah. During the time in his life when his parents were gone. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was in the orphanage. And all he could think was that he would like to have had a brother to play that game with. Yeah. And uh, it's very sweet. And I love it so much. And uh, Thomas gets it. He says, because it would mean you weren't alone. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says, happy birthday. Uh, sorry, I forgot them. And Thomas says, uh, it's the thought that counts. Yay. Yeah, it's very sweet. And that's that. It is that. Um, so, yeah. The next one is Hayerot. I have no idea how to say this. It turns out I did read this one, but I just did not remember this title at all. And I don't really remember much about it so we'll see how this is a lot of stuff i don't really remember and then on the reread i'm like this is really good why didn't i like this mm-hmm. why don't i remember this um but yeah so just so you all know that we won't be starting the next book next week either it's gonna be a little bit longer um but hopefully y'all are okay with it and if you're not keep your attitudes to yourself <laughs> um real quick i'll say hi to new patrons this week we have emily everett tegan dwyer and lena b all became patrons so welcome all of you beautiful lovely generous fabulous people and uh do we have any new reviews mm, nope no noobs so uh you know if you haven't left a review already you should do that because it would be very special and and meaningful to us very as meaningful people as podcasters as women no not like that <laughs> um <laughs> i was thinking the other day about back when i did um song of ice and fire and i was not yet the uh humorless feminazi that i am now i <laughs> would really appreciate reviews where they were just like uh natasha's voice is super sexy and hot and then somebody said something about how i had a sultry voice in a recent video chat that i was like guesting on oh i was there for that <laughs> that's right and i was just like who the fuck are you get the fuck out like i didn't say anything because i was in the middle of the guest thing and i didn't want to be that person but it's so funny how our attitudes change after a while. I used to be like, oh, nice. Everybody thinks that my voice is sexy. And now I'm just like, I'm not here to be sexy. Shut up. Who gives a shit? Put your dick away. She just gets very angry. <laughs> oh, God. 
Uh, but then at the same time, I'm like, nobody thinks I'm sexy anymore. I was just thinking, I, no <laughs> one ever says anything to me about being sexy anymore. I'll say it. Thank you. Not right now. <laughs> I have to wait until you're not expecting it, so then it's meaningful. <laughs> but I'll uh, I'll definitely sneak attack you with that. <laughs> well, Make I'm, you real uncomfortable. I was about to say I'm looking forward to it, but now not so much. <laughs> I just sent you a link to Electric Football Game too. <laughs> On Twitter, I just text? I texted it to you. Yeah. What the hell is this? It's huge. <laughs> it was very big. Yes. There's a whole stadium thing in the background. It came with it. Yeah, like not every game had it, but like uh, you could get it so that you had the paper thing behind it, so it looks like the real deal. Yeah. You know, they could stand to have people in this photo that look like they're enjoying themselves. (laughs) These two could not look more miserable. Holy shit. The dad looks like he's trying to get the son to play, and the son is literally watching TV over his shoulder (laughs) in the background. (laughs) That is an accurate representation of the 70s. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, All right. Well, (laughs) with that... Uh, Is there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap? No, ma'am. All right. Well, I want to remind you guys that um, on Monday, August 12th, let me double check this. Rashawn and I are going to be, uh, we're we're training for a marathon. Uh, We're doing a marathon, a John Wick marathon for charity. I forgot all about that. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I am too, guys. Rashawn has never seen John Wick. John Wick is one of my personal favorites of all time. Not because it's super good, even though it is super good, but just because there is so much like combination of being way too over the top, but then also being incredibly practical (laughs) that speaks to me in a way because I am both those things. Also, I'm too much, but also functional. (laughs) Um, And I, we are doing this to, fundraise for a group that does uh, that basically pays for lawyers to come down to the border and represent detained immigrants and um, it's there's a lot of lawyers out there who want to get involved and they simply can't afford the airfare staying in a hotel the whole time and this organization is trying to assist people in getting its uh Project Corazon is the name of the sub project and that is being they are controlled by uh lawyers for good government which is a much bigger um charity and if you guys are interested in checking that out the event is on Facebook um Rashawn and I are going to be live on camera as we watch all three of them and then we are going to do a live podcast at the end of the night. Probably by then we'll be pretty drunk. And uh, <laughs> that is going to be its own whole thing that same evening. So Monday, August 12th, first movie is going to start at 1215 Central Time. And then the uh, live podcast will be at 8 p.m. And we're going to talk about all three movies in one podcast because there's really no need to go one by one. It's fine. <laughs> Um, so yeah, guys, if you are interested in supporting this, I just think lawyers for good government and project Corazon specifically are something that I feel is a really actionable benefit that you can like, 
tangibly find out information about. They can tell you about specific lawyers that are coming down and who they are representing. And, and it's a very, there are, there is a sense of like your dollars really mattering in a way that I feel like can be hard to quantify mm-hmm. when it's just a huge organization that you're just throwing money at. And um, the drive that we are using the link to that, I will share it in the comments here as well because it's already set up. So I may as well. Um, and it has already raised a hundred bucks, even though we haven't even done the marathon yet. So good on you guys. Appreciate it. But I just wanted to let everybody know in case they felt like hanging out with me and Rashawn because she's going to be visiting me for LeakyCon. Yay! So this is the only time that we can do stuff that's like the two of us hanging out in person. So I'm just really excited. We're going to be able to hang out and drink and eat popcorn. And uh, you like popcorn, right? I do. Good. Because Owen doesn't really like it and it hurts me. Oh, We're going to get all kinds of snacks. It's going to be real unhealthy. Mm -hmm. I'll probably get stoned. You'll probably get stoned. It's going to be super fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Everybody come and hang out with us and then come to the live podcast on Crowdcast afterwards. Um, All right. Is there anything else you want to mention? No, that's everything. All right. Guys, you know where to find us, facebook.com slash unspoiledpod, Twitter at unspoiledshow, Instagram at unspoiledpodcast, and you can become a patron and support us by going to patreon.com slash unspoiled. And uh, yeah, do that. Become a patron. All right, guys. We love you. And we'll see you next week with a new episode. Toodaloo, motherfuckers. Bye, guys. Spoiled Network Podcast.